0: this week on invasion the podcast rogue one standing by we get
1: animated as we talk about hp lovecraft's reanimator
0: and we barely survive the wheel of death after watching the lamest configuration
1: we bring you this special radio
0: television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon the arrival of a spaceship just a minute ladies and gentlemen i think something is happening And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're trying to take over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul. That is a, a questionable amount of nudity, Stedman. And to my left is Joe, Dr. Herbert West
1: Peters. I like sneak, sneaking an entire oh, name in there. Well, no, that's true. I, I Now you're going to make me go get that picture. Yes. Because like, uh, I was Herbert West for Halloween one year. And mm.
0: I was a lot of inappropriate nudity once for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> That was uh it was an easy costume, but it's uneasy friendships after. Yep. Oh, so we're gonna talk about uh Reanimator, the series, uh tonight. Um, continuing our spooky Halloween
1: shows and I had to do hand motions like that. Yeah, we, always, why. we always deliver the scares <laughs> the scares in October. Yes, right? I, I haven't gotten drunk yet though. <laughs> Maybe I'll get drunk I'm
0: I'm working on that right now, not really. I mean I have I have I have some beer, but not uh not enough to where I'm gonna go wanting to shave uh Jack o' shave some jack o' lanterns. Shave jack o' lanterns. All right, so Um, so yeah, let's just, we'll just go right ahead and get to, uh, get to the news.
1: Good news,
0: everyone. Normally I talk about what I did during the weekend, but it's, I've been watching animator movies and our our Netflix will death movie. So. Like, I didn't do much other than the stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah, I so. didn't really have
1: that crazy um, weekend. I,
0: I finished Luke Cage. Did you finish Luke Cage? I have not. I've no. been
1: slowly getting through Luke Cage because I've been watching a lot of other stuff, too. So,
0: I'll get yeah. around to it.
1: We'll talk about it when we get there. Um, give people time to let that sink in. So Let, let you di- digest it. So, um, But the uh, first part of news, uh, the Rogue One, the final Rogue One trailer came out today. Yeah. Um, I watched this morning and and it, on a loop and a loop, <laughs> uh, but it I it kind of it really did blow me away. Like I feel like this trailer definitely gave me a better feel for the movie. Uh, it doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie, but it is, and that makes me even more excited for it.
0: Yeah, that's like I I think that my takeaways from it were. Um, like the look of it like it felt more not that episode 7 didn't feel more grounded in reality in the sense of the way since they use sets and locations and and all that wonderful stuff that I'm super thankful that Abrams brought all that back this one feels a little bit more lived in because it is the middle of war it is the end of mm-hmm. you know like it's this takes place um before episode episode 4 episode 4 okay yeah. so it's like you know there's been heavy losses and there's there's no hope right technically because yeah. the Jedi are all supposed to be gone all that stuff, and just the music—I have not heard music like this in the Star Wars movie ever. And because it's, it's it's good, it's very brooding, and it doesn't sound like Star Wars. But I love it. Like I, that makes me excited. Yeah. I don't know why the music's the most exciting part for me, but it is.
1: Well, I think it does. It's part of the movie that sets a tone. Um, but I, I I thought it look. I'm very excited to see. Like I I always love movies where they do, and not just movies like. Books, stories, TV shows where they do a, a ragtag crew of uh, scoundrel-esque type characters. And this is what this very much feels like. It's it's a bunch of people thrown together. You know, you've got the the magic stick man who can't see. Uh, you've got <laughs> magic uh, stick man. right? You've got the the rebellious, uh, uh, I can't remember what the actress is named, John Oso. Um, then you've got the guy who's probably like her rebel liaison friend that brought her into it. And uh, Saul Guerrero is in it from the clone or not clone wars uh, rebels tv show. So you're getting you're getting like quite a little mishmash group with no jedi which yeah. which is which I
0: mean, you have the blind stick guy which you know, it makes you wonder right. if that's not a force thing there. Well or, he's
1: well uh who's playing Donnie Yen's playing him? Yeah. Uh he um he definitely has like a connection to it like in a sense that he's not a jedi but or a force wielder but he he follows the code of the Jedi is a religion. Okay. So that that's his explanation. So and that and he's Ip Man, but <laughs> is he doing um, some crazy uh, wushu or. Uh, yeah. But Did you I also watch that?
0: I didn't watch uh, Ip Man. No, no. Um, but I I also like. Did you see that? There's a there's a Russian poster out there that just shows like uh It's very like Saving Private Ryan, where you have like a, a helmet in the in the sand and in the muck that's turned upside down that has the rebel. Uh, like base mm-hmm. symbol on the side of it. And you see the ad in the background on this beachhead. Mm-hmm. Like this is what I mean. I, I know I'm not going to get saving private Ryan star Wars version, but I feel like we're going to get some frontline fighting and it's going to feel, I don't I, like, I, I love the space battles, all that stuff too. And we're going to get some of those, but I just, since
1: Hoth, I don't feel like we've had no, you have like a big,
0: like, you know, and gritty.
1: I feel like they've tried to, they tried to recreate Hoth and other, like they tried to do that when they were on Kashyyyk in episode three with the clone troopers fighting the separatists on, on Kashyyyk with the Wookiees. And it didn't have the same impact as Hoth. Cause if it jumped around it, like it went back to Anakin stuff and then went back to, to Kashyyyk, but like, um, and, 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 and a lot of other stuff always took place in space. Yeah. You know, so you, you, you had like the, um, the whole space fight at the end of episode seven, which was, was climactic and, all the others you know space fights obviously at the beginning of episode three and then what if they just renamed the, the series to space fights space fights space fights so it feels like it would be kind of like like scaled down <laughs> like,
0: like it's, Wait, so, we, it's a lower budget star like, wars where we're,
1: <laughs> we're going from code orange to code yellow yeah space, space fights. fights so it's not a war anymore no nah, it's like a skirmish
0: and they're like, like they're like minisodes they're not more, episodes they're like more, a half hour long yeah
1: yeah, anyway. Kind of so. like the original Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah. Where it was just like, Clone Wars, and then you're just like, oh, cool, I'm going to go get some popcorn. You come back and be like, it's, it's, it's over. over. Yeah. How'd that happen?
0: Uh, but yeah, this trailer, like, it, it, it gives you, even though I feel like it does give you some story points that I didn't necessarily want to know until you get there, just in terms of some of the relations to some of the characters, that's okay. It doesn't give us too much. Um, I mean, it'd be foolish for me to assume that the first time that Disney takes this um, this franchise in a different direction than your your episode movies that if you don't already have established heroes and villains you know like i it would be silly of me to think that i'm going to get like like an entirely different movie going experience because it's star wars it really is
1: yeah and for the longest time i mean pretty much the whole star wars saga has been focused on the skywalker family and this is going to be the first time where it's not Obviously. And I hope not. And I hope there's no secret tie in all that. Well, no. And, like, I like the fact that they're using Vader, and I hope they use him well, but, like, I don't feel like he should center around any type of the plot. And the cool part about it is, is, like, being a prequel, like, we've talked about this before when we talked about Star Wars, like... Like, with the prequels with Star Wars, you knew he was going to turn into Vader. You knew all this stuff was going to happen. I mean, with this, you know the Death Star is going to get made. So, hopefully, the story does not revolve around them desperately trying to stop the Death Star from getting made. Yeah. And it revolves around something else. Because I think it's cool to visit, like, prequels. I You know, like, when uh, you talked about how you really didn't care for the prequels um for many reasons and one of them being like because you knew what was happening but i still wanted to go back and visit that time period and i think rogue one's going to do that uh pretty well and i'm really excited um i I liked you know i like the 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 gritty feeling that it seems like it has because it feels like a like a military espionage movie set in star wars it has nothing to do with uh force and lightsabers and i know a lot of star wars fans are probably like but that's the coolest part <laughs> like it is very cool but you have to remember that there's their like, mom
0: hands in their juice box
1: and they're binky and they just going <laughs> to take a nap and then they're fine but you have to remember there's tons of other things in this universe that are just like you have me with cool music and a talking robot and i'm I, in i'm, I'm in I'm for the really robot. Liked, i really liked i really like that opening sequence in the trailer with mads malinkus where like uh, those shadow troopers are rolling up in the mist, and it's like with the rain and like the, the it's very yeah. oh yeah it's so it, it's so good looking it's, it's, it's so, very yeah. moody and yeah. it's just like I, that kind of gave me a little bit of chills. And then he eats them. It was crazy. I don't know what had happened. now. <laughs> but you know that's uh, you know that's what I'm looking for, and uh, it'll be exciting to see. I think. I think the military aspect of Star Wars kind of gets poked around in the background a lot. And I feel like this is going to push it to the forefront where you get to see the actual rebel army and how it works. And you're also going to get to see how much of a war machine the Empire is. Yeah. Um, Even though I'm not to say that the Empire wasn't displayed as a war machine in, in like Empire Strikes Back or any other movie but I think it's just cool to see it again.
0: Well, it's like, and, and not to dig too far into this because I'm sure when we get closer to Rogue One, we'll talk more about it, but it's like there, there was that time there during the prequels, whenever they were also pushing a lot of the, the clone army stuff too. And there was some cool stories to be had there. Like there was the uh, clone trooper game. I think we talked about it before. Oh, Republic Commando. Yeah, Republic Commando. It's that was like, a really cool game. And it was a neat idea where it's actually like had the squad of the clone troopers and mm-hmm. they went off and it was like, it was its own thing. And, like you it does wear it's military on it on it's like you know it's sleeve but you, you don't. It's the part you're right. I think people always see that as like the support and not necessarily like the front line. I mean, they yeah. are the front line in the sense that they're cannon fodder. But, yeah, the cannon but, fodder thing. Because yeah.
1: you see stormtroopers and you just think those guys are getting shot. Like yeah. I like to see like to them, you know, I like to see like more of a story behind it. Yeah. That's why I'm glad they're using different stormtroopers and it's going to be rebel troops versus the stormtroopers. But and like you said, or, um, like I, I'm uh, earlier, like you know, this movie with Disney kind of like going out on a, on a, on a, on a different path with it is exciting because, I mean, you've got um, uh, you've got the whole Skywalker saga legacy and everybody loves that and there's fan fiction and there's novels that are written, you know, like all the great stuff Timothy Zahn's done that some of it's been brought into canon and others, you know, some of it hasn't, but it's like if you want to go off and you want to explore Star Wars universe in your own way and say, well, what, what if this happened? What if Luke went and became uh the emperor's apprentice and and this and that like you could do that or if you want to like tell a story about the bounty hunters you 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 can but now we're kind of getting that with a canon like i feel like somebody was like you know what let's we're not going to talk about the skywalkers let's talk about some other part of the universe like i would have loved um what was it uh it was a game or, or a a series or something that they came up with it was called a 1313 where it was like one of the levels oh yeah of it was one of the last um lucas projects before yeah.
0: it got shut down before lucas arts was bought by disney
1: and that sounded so much fun because it was just like you get to explore that underworld those characters i mean there's a lot of the universe of star wars is a massive character itself i mean a lot of people are always you know talking about vader chewie han you know luke like all those main focal front characters and then a lot of times when you go seek out other stuff about Star Wars those characters are kind of somewhere in that orbit of like like, oh well here comes Lando, Lando's gonna play a part in this because everybody knows Lando so it's like something they can attach to and Rogue One's guilty of this because they got your Death Star, they got your Mon Mothma and your Vader but um I think it's very cool that like they're gonna just kind of completely I don't want to say a fan film but it, it, it in a way it almost kind of is you know? yeah I guess it's just um I think that um, Disney is, and
0: I just can't believe I live in a day and age where I'm like like defending dis- Disney's creative decisions with franchises that I hold dear. Um, like when they when they first bought Marvel I was like they're going to just wreck the ship, and it turns out to be like the best output that Marvel's had as a studio. And I feel like they let the people that know the stories they want to tell, and they get the right people in place to tell those stories, so they can disguise a. Um, like a wartime espionage movie and call it Rogue One, or you can disguise a heist film and call it Ant Man. And you get you get on board with this because it's like, yeah, I love superheroes. Oh wait, there's more going on than this. Like Winter yeah. Soldier, that's a like a seventies political thriller. It's like you get into it, you're like, but there's a dude with a shield, but then there's other heavy issues. Right. I, I think that Disney has they they just have enough that they're getting the right people in the right places to tell these stories. And that's what I'm excited about. I mean, I'm excited for like rogue one. Like, I think I've said this repeatedly, but I was more excited when that was announced versus episode seven. Cause I feel like it's going to be something different.
1: It's fresh. Yeah. And,
0: and at least in the sense, I mean, you know, if you ask me right now how I feel the story's going to go, I'd probably give you a rough outline uh, and I might be 50, 50 on it. But I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting the movie to be completely different. Like, you know, it's like, oh, and then, by the way, they're all ghosts. Like, I'm not expecting that kind of, like, sudden ending or something, <laughs> was, you know, like.
1: Everyone was dead. Like, they, they like wake Vader up,
0: wakes up in a cold sweat and puts his helmet on. He's like, that was weird. And that's the end of the movie, you yeah, know.
1: They're on that lot, the island, lot, the lost
0: island. <laughs> yeah. Terry Quintus shows up. He's like, yeah. weren't expecting that, were you? So, Anyway.
1: Um, moving on because we could keep talking about Rogue One and Star Wars, or at least I know I could. Uh, and I'll just say, uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh huh, uh huh. Star Wars, yes, twenty
0: sixteen. Here, co- no. Star Forge. Yeah, okay, got um, it. Um,
1: so uh, uh, recently, uh, uh you know, because we always talk about Blizzard, and I know you guys are probably <laughs> let's go from yeah. one topic we talk a lot about right Star Wars to War- another yeah. one. It's like yeah, until people start paying us to talk about other things, <laughs> we're gonna talk about what we like. Hopefully you guys like it too, but um, no, I, I think I want to branch out on this too. I don't want to just be like, you know, I love this. You love this? Um, like Overwatch is doing a, a a Halloween event, which is really cool right now because um, like, the, you know, they, they give you uh, different skins and different uh, like um, uh, play of the games and things like that that you can you can have that, that are Halloween themed. You know, people are dressed up like vampires or zombies or Frankensteins or mad scientists it's just kind of a neat little flair um you know and, and it is it is a bit of a cash grab because i mean obviously people buy these games um there's tons of games out there like i know a lot of people uh make fun of uh rainbow six and call of duty because they they talk about like the launch multiplayer look and it's like this guy that's like dressed to the nines in tactical gear like like uh, all this stuff and then it's like like uh, three or four DLCs later, and you've got like a super Soaker squirt gun and these bright uh, baconed, like like striped pants with like bacon on them, and you got like <laughs> like, like a helmet that's like skinned and like pizza, and it's just like that is not something that anyone would wear in a real life <laughs> yeah. combat situation. And it's just like, <laughs> they sell these things uh, like DLCs where it's just like, Oh, for 99 cents, you can get the unicorn pack so that your gun will have like these little sparkly rainbows that come off of it. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's cool because of like the, the, the comedy aspect of it. But like, you know, really, I mean, and people buy it cause yeah, they do, you know, and this is the same exact thing. It's, Oh, it's Halloween. But on, on the, on the other side of that, I think it's also nice that developers do events like this, and Blizzard's well, especially not being- Blizzard
0: because they're not. They, they, I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I'll let you finish. Uh, <laughs> other than other than the, are you the, about to tell
1: me that, that Beyonce had the best album of the yeah, year? Yeah, she did.
0: And uh, no, so um, they do this without or charging video. you. Like you can buy the loot boxes to try to get the the skins and the other items um, because some of those. You won't be able to use the in-game currency to buy them. You just have to hope, to cross your fingers, and hope you get them.
1: No, you can't use the in-game currency. Are you sure about that? Yeah, because they, just on they there didn't today.
0: do that with um, the summer game stuff. No,
1: they did it with the.
0: Okay, good. Because the summer game stuff they did for the Olympics, you just had the opportunity yeah. to possibly get it, but you couldn't buy it unless, you, you know, I think whatever. a lot of so people got kind of mad about that. I was mad about that because there's things I wanted. Yeah. Um, and I bought loot boxes too, damn it. I did uh, too. But for the most part, other than like the, the, the buying a loot box, which gives you the opportunity to get those things, Blizzard's been trying to keep, as a console game, keeping these events like you log in and you play. You don't have to buy the Halloween extra stuff. You yeah. don't have to buy the modes. Like they want to keep adding content Not charge you for that content. It's just it's all the cosmetic stuff that's like, hey, if you want this, you have a chance. You can pay extra for that, like things that don't affect gameplay. Mm -hmm. They're going to keep giving to you because you've bought the game, and I don't see too many companies doing that with console based
1: games with like free updates. And they should. And they're well. Here is the thing too: is like it it does take it does take a game that is seated in. You know, a community, a gaming community for a long time, like Grand Theft Auto five, like last year, Grand Theft Auto five did a big event for Christmas. Um, They had like the whole snowball fight. It snowed all, uh, you know, occasionally and things like that. I mean, that was a cool, like free Easter egg that you could go do in Grand Theft Auto, where normally you're running around doing all your things, taking out all the the hookers and stuff with machine guns as you do at Christmas. Yeah, that's I do that every Christmas. But you're like, you're like, ho ho ho, <laughs> 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 and I'm done. Yes, All right. that's exactly what that game is called, by the way. Um, <laughs> but but you could go to like little icons like where you like you would in in um the game normally for like different things like the heists and the street races and things like that. But it's a snowball fight. <laughs> so like you literally just go have a snowball fight in San Andreas for christmas and it's just a seasonal thing and it adds value to the game that doesn't necessarily cost any more money um things like these little loot boxes they of course they're going to be a cash grab because people are going to be enticed to buy it but you don't have to but i still like that companies like rockstar and blizzard um even bungie does it with destiny they'll do um holiday themed events i know they do stuff for uh, they'll probably do something for um, Halloween. I know they do something. They for, did last year. I know. I forget uh, what they called
0: it, but it wasn't Halloween. It was something weird. Yeah, the
1: Valentine's Day one's really cool. Had you ever done the Valentine's Day one? Um, it's like it's like a two versus two uh, uh, crucible player versus player. I didn't thing. do that. Yeah, like you have to have a partner. To, to compete in it and there's specific guns and things that you can get. You can get a chocolate ghost <laughs> and I still have a chocolate ghost that I I kept because I want to carry it around like you know like That's funny. You can use that as your regular ghost so like it's ki- that's kind of cool yeah. um, but they add and I really like when they do the seasonal stuff because you can look forward to it. You know like I remember when I did play WoW they had a uh, they always had the different things that ha- that happened, and you'd always get ready for Christmas and get your little presents. And yeah, you know, World like of Warcraft,
0: that. like uh, their uh, Hallow's Eve celebrations about to kick off if it's not already kicked off. Mm-hmm. And you, and that one, it's like you can go around, you can trick or treat like once an hour. You can go up to an innkeeper and get a bag, and then they have all these little different things you can do that have achievements that give you pets, like a a little black cat or a a um, broom that's a flying mount, or and then like you can do all the stuff and then eventually get a title for your character. And it's like. And, it, and it's one of those things that, like, uh, if you're due to the game, it must blow your mind that it's, like, you could do all this. Mm-hmm. And then, but it happens, like, every year. So it's, like, they try to kind of change it up a little bit. Yeah. But there's a lot of people It's like, yeah, I already got everything. So you just see them going about their business. Right. While there's, like, that one person that's, like, really excited. Yeah. yeah. And that's
1: what's cool because the new people can enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, last year, I know, in Destiny, they did the uh, masks. Like, yes. you could get different masks, like helmets. Yeah. And yeah. your your head would change to like one of the raid bosses and things like that. It was
0: and that's fun to me because it's like then it gives you, it, it, it doesn't necessarily make you want to come back to the game, but it's like it gives you something like oh okay there's that going on right now right. you know and with uh with Overwatch they added a new uh, weekly brawl to do which is a little different than they they normally have. I played where, it today. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, and it's it's like it's basically it's a four player versus uh, computer generated waves of enemies, and they take some of the the known. Overwatch characters, and they kind of make them an enemy as well. Like you have Reaper, he's kind of like the headless horseman. You have Roadhog, who's basically Frankenstein. Um, Frankenstein's monster, sorry. Um, But like the whole thing is, did you notice as you're doing it, the narration changes depending upon what happened? Yeah, I like that. And I thought that was really fluidly changes too. Like I've done that scenario. Like I don't, we did like half a dozen times, and depending upon which of the four characters. takes out the
1: enemy you hear that the narration he narrates it yeah and it's like it's kind of interesting how it i thought that was really cool too because i noticed that the first time uh and and it's funny because like i was playing it and i used to play call of duty a lot and um it feels very much like zombies not so much because the 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 theme and everything zombies was a little different in call of duty but they always had four characters in zombies because it was always a four-person okay gig and each character kind of had like a like a theme almost like like each person was different like you had the the russian scientist you had like the uh the Amer- the world war Two american soldier and then you had like the crazy uh uh german guy but it was like it was cool be- and then they i felt like they did that because they took like uh they took anna uh soldier 76 um uh, Hanzo, Hanzo. And, and and they refer to him. The narrator always refers to him as the alchemist, the soldier, the gunslinger, and the archer. Yeah, which I think is kind of cool because it's the same feel as zombies. Like everybody had kind of like a weird like the scientist or the soldier. <laughs> so it's a it is pretty much a ripoff of that. But yeah. I was just like, okay, I see what they're kind of trying to do with that. And then like um, uh, the voiceovers and the narration are, are kind of fun to play. Plus like the intro, it very feels very like black and white horror. It was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So So it's exciting, and that just gives me an indication that Blizzard's going to, they're probably going to have a a Christmas-type event for Overwatch. Like, they're going to keep doing this and adding, and this is where it's going to get fun, like this time next year, where it's like, oh, we already know about this,
1: now what are they going to add? Well, they do that with uh, Heroes of the Storm, they they don't do Halloween, they do a Christmas one, um, where every year they put out new skins for different people, they're Christmas-themed. Like um, I've so seen some of those. Sylvanas is hilarious. She's like the sugar plum fairy, <laughs> and she's got like this candy cane bow, and she looks ridiculous, but she still looks really pissed off. That's
0: funny. You so, know. but yeah, I mean, so if you guys haven't checked, I guess just check out a Blizzard game because they do something for the holidays generally. Yeah, you know? I'm sorry. I always feel so
1: bad. We bring up Blizzard so much. We love
0: Blizzard. They're so good. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just I Overwatch. Like I was talking to um to Jonathan, a friend of the show. Uh, today and he's trying to guilt me into buying it for Xbox One because I already have it for PlayStation. I thought so he, he doesn't have a PlayStation. He just bought. Well, he has that as well. So he has an Xbox One now as well, and he's he's been playing on Xbox a lot. He has friends on there too. Oh yeah. So he, he he finally joined my club and have both systems. And I was trying to talk me into buying it for if both I could systems. like
1: if I could transform my. Uh if I could transform my PC version into an Xbox version, <laughs> you for give it wife. to me. Yeah, because I, I I got it for PC. Like I pre-ordered it because I played the beta and I was just like, I love this. <laughs> and I was like, and then I and then I like ended up buying it on Xbox because a couple of my Xbox friends got it and I was just like, well, I got to play it on there. Yeah, but I was just telling him I was like, I don't know. Games like this uh, tend to
0: to wear thin for me after a while, and it's not because I don't want to play it right now so much. Just I have other things going on, but I always like I always want to play like one more game one more game and i don't know what it is about it because there's not that many maps there's not that many modes but it's it, it still is so good yeah yeah so anyway overwatch we love it Thumbs so up.
1: And, <laughs> and and now one more move, bit of news moving right along to another piece of news that everyone's probably sick hearing about um you tomorrow, guys you, you guys thought the lovecraft we we're going to talk about is hp lovecraft yeah, not all the everything Lovecraft. everything we love <laughs> anyway so october 14th is peter parker's birthday Um, it was not the first time that Spider-Man came out, uh, in the comics. It's, it's actually when the character Peter Parker was born. So that's tomorrow. We just wanted to do a quick nod and and wish, uh, Spider-Man a a happy birthday Yeah, and, um, uh, hope that, you know, he gets some good writers down the road.
0: Do you think they might release anything about homecoming tomorrow because it's Peter Parker's birthday?
1: That would be a cool, uh, tie in, but I really Really? don't think they would. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. But
0: happy birthday, Spider-Man. You're my favorite.
1: Yep. I love you. I love you
0: most of all. So, and I just got married.
1: So I just got to say, I love
0: you most of all, Spider Man.
1: <laughs> so, without getting into a rant about Spider Man as well as uh, Blizzard, let's just jump into our animation. And now for our feature presentation.
0: So, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Reanimator uh, series. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to um, Cleveland Cinemas and the Capitol Theater. This Friday, sorry, this Saturday, is the 12 Hours of Terror. I know I've talked about it before. I was at last year's 12 Hours of Terror. Uh, made it all the way through. Even faced my fear of American Werewolf in London. Um, I would not be able to attend uh, this year's. Um, not for the entire thing. I, I may, depending, I might pop in for the beginning. I don't know. However, um, the reason I'm mentioning it, is because one of the films is showing is Reanimator, and I was going to save... My first viewing of it, because I had not seen it yet, for this. But since I know that I may not be able to make it, I went ahead and watched it early. So, just mentioning it again, it uh, starts uh, Saturday. Um, there's, I'm sure there's still tickets available. They have Evil Dead 2, which we talked about Evil Dead last week. Drag Me to Hell. Piranha 3D, which you've not seen that movie. It's a lot of fun. A uh, movie called Pieces, which is uh, from the 80s. It's a Spanish, I think it's Spanish horror film. Uh, I've not seen it in its entirety. Trick or Treat, which I love. Uh, Reanimator. And then a surprise screening. So, Check it out if you guys if you have if you want to stay up till like eight in the morning and watch movies please go and do that it's a good time so yeah. um it's thirty dollars at the door it's well worth the money and, and and about halfway through they start giving you like free coffee so they're, Keep they're going yeah
1: so. um, yeah and I I you know I gotta I'm I'm not gonna be able to go uh because I got to work the next day and um uh you know I'll probably like that that night I'll probably be all up into the playoffs but. Um, uh, go to the, go to the Capitol Theater as much as you can. I mean, I, I I went there and saw Magnificent Seven. We forgot to talk about that last week too. Yeah, right. um, which we'll get into Magnificent Seven eventually once we get out October. I gotta watch the first six before we kinda, get to that one. <laughs> yeah, the first six were really good. Yeah. The they fir- the first
0: one's just a guy hanging around. They
1: built up. They built up to the seventh one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I went and saw Magnificent Seven a couple weeks ago at the Capitol Theater. Uh, it was the first time I actually sat upstairs. In the theater upstairs, have you ever been up? To the yeah, upstairs? I've been to a couple. Like, yeah. I've never been up there. It's 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 a little different. it's yeah.
0: it's a good different, but it's different. Cause well, you can tell that the way that that place was built, that it was originally meant to be one one screen and then the balcony, right? Mm-hmm. So then they took the balcony and condensed it into two screens. Yeah. So like you see the way it's kind of the seating's a little weird, but yeah, I've seen a couple movies up there, yeah. and it's like uh, it's where I actually saw that uh, that Raiders documentary about the guys that made the, the okay. fan make remake of Raiders. Okay. And yeah, it's a good little theater. And also, just so you know, like during the twelve hours of terror, they're going to have like cartoons and stuff running upstairs for people. So if it gets a little too intense, they have like trailers and things running all the time up there too. So it's like a fun little getaway up there. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, and so yeah, please show some love, Capitol Theater. Like
1: they need it. Like they need support it. They need your, it. They need yeah. it. We cannot stress that enough. Like yeah, I, need, it's I need to go support a, them some more. Yeah, because like I mean, it and it's nestled like right in there in Gordon Square. And there's a lot of nice stuff around Gordon Square. So, I mean, I think I've said this before on the podcast. Like, you know, shoot down there early. Go somewhere down around Gordon Square. Go to um, uh, the pin- Pinball Parlor. Par, uh, Super Electric. Pinball Parlor. Can't talk. Uh, XYZ Tavern's down there. Uh, really great bar. Uh, Sweet Moses. Go get some ice cream down there. Yeah. yeah. So, um, tell them Invasion the podcast sent you. They'll, and they'll be, be like, who? They'll be like, who? <laughs> Capitol Theater probably know who yeah, we are. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, everybody else will probably just be like,
0: but yeah, so I was saving the reanimator. So, so like I think we talked about this before last week with Evil Dead how um I did I did grow up watching that movie but I didn't watch it as a kid. I think it was one of those ones that my mom thought was too much. Uh, like just like oh, she for thought, sure just like she thought Texas Chainsaw Massacre was based on a true story so I never got to see that one as a kid. But she like I like, I was raised on horror movies. Like my mom would go to the video store. Like the the the, the worse the cover looked, the more inclined she was to rent it because she just like she's like that looked like a good one. I saw some shit growing up because of like my mom's choices <laughs> in movies, and so. But Reanimator was just not one of those ones. Oh man! And so did and, she rent it, or oh, so she didn't get Reanimator? No, I don't even remember that actually
1: being around to rent. Um, I don't either. Like I didn't see Reanimator until I was well into my twenties, um, and I don't even remember how I came across it. Like I remember the cover looking cool. You, oh no, you know what? I honestly... you know what really got me into Reanimator. I don't want to say got me into Reanimator, but the scene that we talked about that I told you, oh, the, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. yeah. So that scene was brought up in another movie, and I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I got to check this out. So because like in um in American Beauty.
0: Do they talk about it? They talk about Reanimator
1: because oh. he's Kevin Spacey's out getting high with Ricky from next door, and uh they're laughing about Reanimator in that scene. Okay. And then like later on, when he's like he's like selling Kevin Spacey pot, you know, he asks him if he's got Reanimator he can borrow. So like the, I when I saw that movie, that.
0: I was just like, I gotta check out Reanimator now. Man, I kind of want to see Kevin Spacey as
1: Doctor Herbert West. No, I couldn't see him oh, as Doc. No, not now. No, but well then, like, I could see him ugh. then, like because like Herbert West, I like if Jeffrey Combs continues to to be Herbert West and does like a Bruce Campbell Ash thing, that's completely fine. Like I could see Jeff. That's Jeffrey Combs' role, but Herbert West needs to be like young medical student, like very uh, arrogant, narcissistic, like yeah, uh, um, and like because like even like I told you, I read some of uh, Lovecraft's. Uh, short story reanimator which is all set from a narrative like there's a narrator which i'm assuming is his um uh i can't remember the guy's name that was his roommate oh yeah i can't remember his name either but that was an actual character in the movie uh versus like in the in the short story the character had we'll call no, him jerry i don't know what his name. yeah, is, yeah. The, the character had no name in the short story it was just this roommate colleague fellow student that was fascinated with like herbert west's drive to un- understand the chemical process of like life in the human body to reanimate it, and like he, it was like a weird fascination. Just like in the movie, where he, the relationship, he kind of knew it was it was wrong, but he's like, I still, this guy is just so driven. Like I, I, I really yeah. want to hang around him. But um, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't really. I'd ha- it would have to be somebody younger that could very, very much pull off that 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 uh. Um, that Jeffrey Combs narcissism.
0: When I was watching it with Mary, though, I looked at her. I was like, you know who would have been great at this time? She's like, who I was like David Hyde Pierce? Yeah, that, that would have been, like something a, about that would have been perfect.
1: A young David Hyde Pierce would be an amazing uh, Herbert because
0: he because he had that kind of like yep. arrogance and just mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm, this is not me taking anything away from Jeffrey Combs. If anything, this is just justifying why Jeffrey Combs is awesome, right? Like because I've seen before yeah, before Reanimator. Uh, that sounds like the prequel that should have happened, before Reanimator.
1: <laughs> Or just call re re animator, or,
0: or call animator. Just, that's what you just call it. Um, no, like I saw, like I love Jeffrey Combs in the Frighteners when he's the the one the one cop that's being brought in. From, well, he's like the FBI guy that's like the like the one that was undercover in cults for like twenty yeah. years, and he's just like flipping out. And he's been on like a number of Star Trek things. Like he's the go to Star Trek actor, and uh, he I've seen him in some other stuff too. So he has a very he's done a lot of voiceover presence. work
1: for uh, comic book stuff like DC, yeah. animated stuff, yeah, because he has
0: a very unique delivery in the way it's very like everything he says even
1: if it's as plain as day sounds like an insult to somebody. Yeah, you're right. Or or
0: he feels like he's wasting time trying to tell you what's going on. Yes. And that's
1: like and it's funny too because like like after reading like H.P. Lovecraft's uh, Reanimator short story which by the way was written in the 20s. So I mean, to to, to like it's a sixty-year difference between when the movie was made versus yeah. like, I mean, if that tells you anything, like like how far ahead of his time H.P. Lovecraft was with horror, um, you know, because it 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 translates almost exactly the same and is very very well written, but um, like. The, just the character in the in the in the story itself, you're just kind of like this guy seems like he knows more than all of the professors at the at the college, and the dean, and and everyone is just kind of like an idiot, and he makes <laughs> sure to make them seem like they are an idiot, and that's exactly what was kind of related with the, that line line delivery too. It was yeah. just like
0: so i was I was digging into this a little bit further, which I guess it's an appropriate uh, term for a movie about reanimating the dead. And I found out that Stuart Gordon, the guy who directed the first reanimator, he um like loved loved Lovecraft and wanted to to do something, and he felt like all of it was really tough to type type translate. Someone's mm-hmm. like, "Well, check out this short story." And it was out of print at the time. So he had to go to like the Chicago Library, find a copy, read it, and he fell in love with it. And he envisioned it as a TV series and actually wrote a pilot and had like 13 episodes because he was wanting to do as a half hour. And they're like, no, 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 no. You got to do as an hour. He developed this whole thing. And then people weren't biting on it because at the time, this was like the early 80s. There was nothing like this. Like horror TV. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so uh, um, I forget the name of the producer, but the came around was like, you know, we should just make this as a movie as <laughs> opposed to it. Like that almost like it feels like that idea itself was ahead of its time because I could almost see now in this day and age of like unique 13 10 episode television that tells a story with a character like this like I almost would like to see like a different take like a longer where you actually have him being a doctor and this is me jumping ahead being a doctor but also balancing the needs of having his job of saving those that are around but then also the moral questioning of like I could help them or I could just wait a couple minutes and then I have another subject like like that whole like because you get the idea that like he knows medicine he knows what's going on and there's a couple of times where you see him doing like almost heroic things. Yeah, and he I,
1: does walk that weird line. And it's like and
0: it's almost is it, is it because it's the right thing to do or is it because everybody's watching him because that way if he doesn't do this right now that means that they won't leave him alone so he can go do what else he wants to do. Right. Like so that felt very like No, I feel like that too. He, he, he was always reading the room about like, well, I better do this. right? You know, and it was very like I I know I'm kind of jumping all over but I I wasn't expecting a lot out of the series in the terms of it's a guy, he, he reanimates the dead, you know, chaos ensues. Like as you, as you said, um, Biddy Hill, like hilarity that ensues. whole scene
1: in the first one where they go into the morgue and it just turns into like all these corpses just getting up and just like flailing around and then they like the one breaks down the door and like like attacks the night watchman and this poor night watchman is just like who's in the morgue and yeah it's like all these like beheaded corpses and then all these naked like actors and like makeup just running around it's like yeah it's so ridiculous. i was expecting like um i, I wasn't expecting so much Nuance isn't the right
0: word. Substance is a word I'd use, and also like, uh, the science doesn't hold up as much now because we, we know more about how the human body works. But the idea of it is still so such a solid idea um, that I can still get behind it. Um, but I wasn't expecting Doctor West to be like a character. It's like, is he is he ultimately like one hundred percent a bad guy? I I don't like. I don't think he, he doesn't see himself as bad. No. And I know that's usually like the big fault of most villains in movies is that they don't see themselves as evil, but it's like he almost does these things out of pure curiosity where he's like, oh, well, we just tried reanimating this body double for Schwarzenegger, which is what actually the one guy was. That this this like seven foot tall guy that was throwing them all around the morgue naked. By the way, um, like let's see what happens there. Oh, that was bad. Oh, well, we have this other guy over here. Let's try it again. It's like right, it, it, like it, everything would always fall apart. But he's like, that was an interesting result, and he'd move on to the next one.
1: Right, right. And it was very. I feel like, like he didn't. It's not so much that he didn't learn. He was so like obsessed with finding out what else would happen or what would happen next that he just kind of. He didn't really. Ex- he didn't really care about the consequences. And then when they happen, it's like he's like, "I gotta fix this." Hold on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like, it, like, and he'd only fix them if they were
1: inconveniencing him. Like, right. Otherwise, he'd let it just
0: go, do whatever, and be like, "Ah, eh, whatever." it's And science. then, like,
1: I feel bad because like every assistant he had always had a love interest, <laughs> and that love interest always died and got reanimated, and then he would always just be like, "Ah, well, we either gotta take care of it or that's your problem." Yeah. Like. Um.
0: So it's just it. Like I. <laughs> It was over the top and ridiculous at times in the first movie. Uh, But I I liked it. I liked the ride that was on. I liked that, like, the resolution. Like, it was very, like, a lot of the people that could cause them problems in terms of their academic and professional careers were taken out that night. So they're able to still kind of keep operating under really questionable circumstances and no one looks at them. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so then, like, you get the second movie, Brighter Reanimator. Uh, which so Re- Reanimator was made in eighty five. um Brighter Reanimator was made in uh, was it ninety? And then I don't then think um, it was that
1: far. I it, think
0: it was still in the eighties. Um, I was surprised by like how much they actually were that not that far apart. Or sorry, I should say that far apart.
1: Well, the Reanimator did very well. I think it it was budgeted at like mm, five hundred thousand, and then it pulled in about like two million. I think something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I was looking up stuff today. Oh, 90, Yeah. Yeah. So
0: Reanimator is eighty-five. Brighter Reanimator is ninety. Which you wouldn't like if you watch these movies back to back, which I did. You wouldn't know it because one, he didn't. It's it's even though it's five years, it, he didn't look like he aged a day. Yeah,
1: Jeffrey. I mean, he looks a little older now. Yeah. But like between the 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 three Reanimators, he really does not look like he ages at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could definitely tell. And in, and in, uh, Beyond Reanimator, which is almost twenty years past the first one, he's a little older. Um, but, like, that is interesting that that was a movie that was released in 1990, and it definitely, I mean, it was obviously made in the 80s, so it still felt like that. yeah um, It didn't necessarily walk the same path as the first movie, which I like that he was already kind of past, like, you know what, I can bring people back from the dead. He's like, they're a little goofy, and they like to kill people, but we're not talking about that now. I'm talking about creating new life. So he just takes, he's like, I'm just going to take fingers, mm-hmm. like slam them all together and put an eyeball on it. I want to put a drop of this green rave juice on it. Oh, it's its own life form. It's yeah. like, and as much as that was like, you had to suspend disbelief a great deal, it's like he's already moved past, like, I already know how to bring things back. Now I'm just going to start sticking limbs where they shouldn't be and see yeah. how they walk around. Yeah. And that was a different take, you know, like, and the whole thing about how if I steal enough body parts, I can make a person from scratch. Was like
1: weird and interesting. No, it's very it's Frankensteiny. Yeah, it is. I it mean, like, the, the Reanimator in its essence is a mad scientist movie. Yeah, or that, story. Yeah, that's true. And this, uh,
0: but it was interesting too. Like you talk about the dynamic of his uh, his roommate. Um, you know, whatever his name, Jerry. We'll call him Jerry because I I like thinking of him as a. Chris Parnell from uh, Rick and Morty like that's that would be his assistant all the time would be Jerry but like here's a guy who actually wanted to save lives but he went along for the ride in the first story and then by the time you get the second one it's like he's already crossed the line and it's like it doesn't take much for him to keep drifting so he's almost just he's almost just as bad as West. But it's like at the same time, it's like he still has this weird moral code that only breaks down whenever it's under complete duress because yeah. he still wants to think that he's not the same guy, right? As, as Wes. because
1: in the in this in all the series, it's like he pretty much is the antagonist and protagonist of the whole series. Like it's yeah. he creates all the problems, but then he also has to fix all the problems. It's not right. like his it's not like his uh, his roommate friend narrator oh. slash sidekick uh, Dan uh, Dan Kane was his name. Like they're right there, yeah. Uh, whatever, Dan. You know, it's not, Dan, like, not, it's not like
0: Dan was the hero hero of the movie, but, like, but which he would have been if it was any other movie from the '80s. Right, he would have been like, "Oh, dude, we're roommates." Which, by the way, it was funny how it's like he just put up a, a roommate wanted sign, and all of a sudden Herbert was there, just moving to shit, and he's like, "Oh, there's a basement. Leave me alone." Like right. that was pretty much like, right. all right, we're good now." That's that it. he
1: was he was that quintessential creepy roommate. That and you're and just the Dan's
0: like, like, "What happened to our cat?" And he's like, "Oh, it died while you guys were out. I was going to tell you about it later. Like, but I kept it in my fridge." like it was just a weird like <laughs> oh man when he reanimated that cat that cat was so creepy <laughs> but when they threw the cat against the wall and it just kind of
1: exploded it was like the greatest thing <laughs> i've ever seen um but i love i love those bad not bad but those funny practical effects like that from the 80s like i really not to go back to the last cast but i really appreciated it in ash versus evil dead when um he goes back to the cabin and he picks up that bird and the dead bird, he's like, ah, oh, sorry, Tweety. And then the bird's like eye pops up and it's a dead bird. And he's like, ah. And he just throws it against the tree and it's like splat. I'm like, bird's bodies don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just funny because it's
0: just. that Well, know. that's the thing, too, about like a lot of the practical effects in all three of the movies actually hold up really well.
1: In the reanimator?
0: Yeah. They yeah, do. they do. Yeah, uh, Some of the physics don't make sense, but the, the actual effects look good. And then it's like, then you actually have. So you got West who's remade every time. It's almost like he's that little kid where it's like, okay you stop playing with matches every time you play with matches something bad happens like okay i won't play with matches yeah. you turn around and it's like the curtains are on fire he's like well i just wanted to see what would happen with those curtains that's I exactly
1: know. yeah that's a good yeah
0: and he's like now i know what happens when i set curtains on
1: fire which is you funny know? because like like he's such a smart character yeah he just doesn't learn
0: so then he ends up killing the like the dean of this medical college and the, the guy who was trying to actively get him removed from his work and then he's, What's he do? Just reanimates him. It's like yeah.
1: you're making things worse for yourself. You could have just left him dead. And yeah, and then he becomes the main. Well, he's more. The, he's the protagonist. He's more like the bad guy in the last yeah. half of that movie. Which they do that in the in the short story that the same. That's the same thing that happens. Is the dean of the college tries to get him disbarred and kicked out, but instead of him killing him, there's a whole uh, there's a whole I- outbreak of uh, typhoid. And Typhoid's killing all these people. So they they kind of ignore what West is doing because it's like the the medical college has to, like, you know, take care of all these sick people. But then West is using that as an advantage. He's like, well, these people are just dying anyway. Let's just get them up. And then in the... Rave on. Yeah. And then eventually what ends up happening is the dean investigates in the story and um, uh, the dean dies of Typhoid. And then they reanimate him. And it's just like... Jeez, but yeah, you're right. Like, but I mean, he was like pretty. He was a very funny headless horseman villain. He was like it's just like like over the top. Like
0: the guy committed to the role, and that was what made it work. Because like even though you know, like how is this reanimated head talking? Because there's no lungs to power anything. It's like you know, you're already on board. Like you, you're past. (laughs) Like the crazy train left a while ago. You're just in for the ride. He's got
1: the head in the tray, and then he he puts the serum in it, and then it just wakes up, and he starts talking to him. And I'm like, yeah, we don't. I know where that air is coming from but okay we'll go with this yeah
0: um but then he turns out to be like worse than west yeah and he, it's like oh yeah, it's just so then in a way west has to save the day that he created well and that and that to me is like it just the movie went places that i just i did not know it was going to go mm-hmm. and that for me is surprising for a 30 year old horror film made from the 80s that people reference as being a classic but i thought it was because of the content not the um, you know, not the thought process. You know, like I just, I I, I can see why. Well, people that's why hold it up. holds up. Because
1: yeah. if it didn't have that thought process, then you you would have still a, a classic horror movie, but it would be almost a B quality just because of the subject matter. Um, I you know I do like that the serum somehow inherently makes people evil. Because like when he reanimates people, um, you know some of them will come back like you know the the zombie, the flailing zombies, but then like some people do do come back quite. You know, somewhat coherent. Yeah, if they're reanimated soon enough, because that's what always happens with the um, the girlfriends or the love interests is he reanimates them and then they're fine to begin with, but then they just go off the deep end and start killing people and attacking people. And it's like, yeah. So it's like, oh, well that serum's not good.
0: <laughs> well then like, t- so the third movie, which like said, so that was uh, in the two thousands, 2003, uh, 2003 beyond reanimator, which um, was made for TV, like sci-fi type of thing. It was like, like it was partially funded by like, a Spanish film group and it was made, but there was, so they knew they're releasing a TV cut and then also like an unrated cut. So that's why there's a lot more gore in there and some nudity, not nearly the amount of nudity in the first movie, but there's some there like the, the concept of it is such a cool concept. The execution's so not good, which is he actually ends up in jail after the events of the second movie. Yeah. So he's in jail for 13 years and he kind of has a little bit of autonomy because he's working in the medical lab and it's but it's like it, the idea that you know he's like you know what I'm in prison I don't care I'm still going to
1: continue my experiments right. and it, and it's just um I don't even remember how did he get his serum back in prison
0: because at the end of the well at the end of the second movie these they had a couple of zombies running around because he decided to see he got bored and was still slapping all these different body parts together and all these things and he he considered them rejects cuz so they weren't doing what he wanted so he he put them in Because they were in a mausoleum uh, that was in a graveyard and he had a a fake wall that were a brick wall that he broke down and just threw all the rejects behind the wall. And then when they were trying to escape because all hell was breaking loose, he had to go through this pit of all these freaks. And so then they just kind of ran free. Like everyone's like, all right, there was definitely one that was an arm and a leg just sewn together and then reanimated. So it was just an arm and a leg. Running around together, and it was just there was a dog with a human arm, like none of it made sense, like it was just so crazy. Uh, so one of those freaks got out and killed somebody, and the cops killed him, and whatever. And a vial dropped from it, and a small, like it's like 12 year old boy found it, and then saw Dr. West getting arrested, and then spent his life going to medical school to try to find him because he wanted to continue his work of bringing people back to life. That's right, I remember
1: that now. Somebody, yeah, yeah, so. Um, yeah, it's weird how like there's always that that second character that's the narrator from the short story that's fascinated with him. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: and it isn't even until the third movie where it's like, like I, I I don't think I don't think Herbert West ever thought of himself as evil. I think he always thought of himself as a man of science first. Yeah, and and then he's like, and, but science has consequences, and he's smart enough to supposedly know how to dodge them. Right. Uh, the the third movie ends with him switching identities with this guy, the the one doctor that was there to try to. You know, the kid that grew up and wanted to meet him. He just basically took his ID badge and was like, oh, I'm the prison doctor. You got to let me out of here so I can save this person. And the guards let him out. So he just kind of turns and looks over his shoulder, has his bag full of green goo and just leaves. It's like, that's a dick move. But he also saw his easiest way out of the prison. Yeah. So it's like, that one was where like I didn't really, there was no sense of where he felt like he owed anybody anything
1: which i mean i guess he's been in prison for 13 years who does he really owe right you know but somebody uh, i can't remember if i read online or somebody told me and i don't know how much of a rumor this is true i think i told you that they were supposed to try to make a fourth reanimator um and the plot was centered around herbert west getting uh summoned by the president to reanimate his daughter or his wife or something like that
0: what i was reading was that the whole there was supposed to be a whole thing around the time of um, the Bush the second Bush White House that he was we brought to reanimate a president that had just passed away That was going to be very similar to Bush uh, Okay, so then it it kind of like there was gonna be the whole joke of like why is he acting like this? It's like oh well he was reanimated kind of thing, you know So it's gonna be a little bit more of a like a really dark comedy like you know political Yeah, making a statement type of thing, you know yeah. um and then there was also supposed to be, like, an island of the reanimator, so it's kind of like his, like, going off on his own and being, like, a Doctor of Monroe type thing. Okay. Um, and that didn't happen. I, I don't see... The way the third movie ended, there's plenty of chances that they want... If if they find the right project and say, hey, Combs, do you want another paycheck by being just a smart ass that stabs people with green goo? I'd like to see him reprise the role. I mean... He, he's certainly still doing work. It isn't like he can't do right, it. Right.
1: He doesn't need anything. But, uh, like, I think we'll talk about this later with The Wheel of Death. Like, you know, there's a lot of these iconic... Uh, like horror actors, like you know, like Kane Hodder, Doug Bradley, Robert England, um, you know that people want to see reprised roles, and I know Robert England is done with the makeup and the glove, but, and you know, I don't know how Kane Hodder's doing. I'm sure he still has work being.
0: He he's in every. They, they, they there's a lot of horror movie work that he does. He's not Jason right. anymore, but he still does
1: things. You know? Yeah. Uh, but you know these these people would be cool to reprise their roles, and I feel like like Jeffrey Combs is very much a Bruce Campbell-esque type, like, actor that was in an iconic horror movie in the 80s and um, uh, should transition into that, like, 30 years later, and people would remember it and be like, oh, yeah, he did that, that's the original, you know, kind of like how Ash versus Evil Dead, Ash, versus, you know, Ash has a bigger cult following, I would say, you know, for sure, yeah. but I feel like that it was cultivated in the same pool of, like, 80s horror.
0: Yeah, because I mean, this was around the same time as Evil Dead, mm-hmm. or Evil Dead Two, um, and then also when I think of this too, this was the first movie was released in '85. Um, it it reminds me a lot of The Fly, the Jeff Goldblum remake of The, F- the Fly, which is like '86, mm-hmm. where we were getting smart enough as collectively as a people to realize it's like you just can't. I, there was a lot more fear of of science undoing us, not in the terms of like the atomic bomb. But, more like disease and mutation, and there's more fear of that. and then but also how like that could be people trying to unlock immortality or cures can lead to to haywire things. and it, it very much feels like that where the it's grounded in a like um in a scientific base, but then the chaos could erupt from that. and that's more my. Like that's the stuff I like. Like the thing. Like we talked about that previous. Like, even though it's an alien organism, it was treated very logically the entire time. But It wasn't just like a ghost or a vampire. It was like this is a contagion here, and it's screwing everything up. With with Doctor West, it's like I know how to beat death. I don't have all the details worked out of what happens, but I know how to beat death. You know, and it's just yeah, you know. And I just I again, uh, maybe I'm like maybe it's because I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting much. And I was got a lot more in terms of just like context Mm -hmm. that I really enjoyed that first movie, and the second one's a lot of fun too. Still, it's still a little different, and then the third one, you know, I I I think it's worth just watching just to see what happened to West years later and how he was kind of functioning in a prison environment, um, and how he still didn't give a shit and was just doing whatever he wanted anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was a cool series. The music's cool, even though it rips off the Psycho theme. Like they added a beat, so it's not the same thing. But it's Psycho, um, just the whole vibe of it, and just... It was a fun series, and there's a lot of good dark humor, a lot of good one-liners, and you're right. I don't think anybody else could deliver... The, the, he just has a way of saying things. I don't yeah. know.
1: Like, watch the trailer. You'll get a vibe for him. I like... I, think I watched a trailer today, and like, there's this part where he just tells off his professor, like, so, like, matter-of-factly, like, like you're not teaching anyone anything here, like, you idiot, and just like <laughs> storms out, like, like he's like inconvenienced by being in a class, like,
0: well, yeah, because as the guy's talking about like all this stuff about like brain death, you just you, he's just like Herbert's sitting there just breaking pencils, just snapping them, basically, like, I just out of this, like, I cannot stand what you're even saying right now, like, how how dare you? It was like it was awesome, yeah.
1: um but check it out, uh, Reanimators. Uh, I'll try and find my my Reanimator costume pictures and post them up.
0: Yeah, the first one's on Netflix, so um, like go check it out there. The other ones are easy to find too. Um, and then just because I was thinking of this about like it, it's kind of the same idea, but a little different is like Pet Cemetery. Yeah, where it's more like you can get something back, but you may not be happy with what you have, and you cannot control what's coming. Mm-hmm. That's very much the same idea, and also deals with like when you experience loss. How far you're willing to go to get back what you think that you lost, you know, like because like because uh, Dan or Jerry, as we've been calling him, he kept being pushed to make the decision about what he was about to lose, and also in the second movie, the love interest is um, uh, she is the the same actress that played a lot of vagina. And Austin Powers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I saw her, her.
1: face, I'm like, I know her. She and was it, really young in that. I think yeah. she did that, and then she did uh, was it summer school, after something that? like that. Yeah. So it was with, really with odd, be uh, like
0: seeing a recognized face in that movie. Yeah. You know. Um. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I really liked it. So check it out. Um. If you're squeamish, maybe not check it out. Or if you know people that are just going to be really offended by ridiculously inappropriate sex scenes. <laughs> uh. And we talked about that earlier. There's definitely, um, it. <laughs> It shows it, but don't not really. really. Think,
1: I don't really think you should not like sh- like shy away from it. The movie's been out for, yeah. for quite a while, but I there's mean,
0: definitely a beheaded uh, cunnilingus type implied scene. Yeah, that
1: like. <laughs> well, that's the scene they talk about in in American Beauty. <coughs> yeah. So, like, one of the the I don't want to say the main protagonist, but the the Dean get he gets beheaded, beheaded, and then obviously reanimated. But his body, oddly enough, even though they're separated, have a communication. <laughs>
0: Which is kind of funny, too, because the body's not exactly coordinated. Yeah, it's not. But,
1: like, the the love interest of Dan ends up getting kidnapped by the severed-headed Dean. And uh, there's a scene where she's knocked out, and then, like, he has the body put his head down, like, between her legs and her skirt. And she, like, wakes up, and, like, his severed head is down there, just going to town. And it's it's just, like, and she's screaming, and he's just like, ha, ha, ha. And it's just, like, the most awkward scene in a horror movie like, like, the times when he is, like, maniacal, he
0: reminds me of, like, Peter Capaldi a little bit. So it's like I'm having yeah. this weird, like, not you, Doctor Who, don't
1: do that, yeah, you know? he definitely has some, like, yeah. some some facial expressions where he's yeah. like, ah? Like, <laughs> you're like, what?
0: So according to the trivia, that actor that played that part, uh, his, his marriage fell apart shortly after that, that first movie. And the rumor is, is that a lot of it was because of those scenes where he was, like, you know, with like being inappropriate with the young lady that put too much pressure on his marriage and it snapped. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that's too bad. Yeah. So that was a little weird. You know, yeah. But, it, but anyway, that's yeah, check it out. Um also just real quick mention that the the the, the, the Bride Reanimator and um Beyond Reanimator are directed by a guy named Brian Uzna, 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 Yuzna. Usna? Y U Z N A. Reason I bring him up is because uh there's another movie that he directed, that uh, Kevin of um, of Radio Violenta and also my co-host of Strange Highways, there's a movie that he talked about called *Society*, that this guy directed, and I, I'm not going to say anything else about that movie because I kind of want Joe to see it without knowing what it's about. It is one of the weirdest endings to a movie I've ever seen, and it's worth watching. It's total like like I don't know. It's it's funny, it's weird, and if you thought like the gore effects and like reanimator were kind of over the top. The end of society just goes crazy, hmm. and I just um I didn't realize I was actually getting well versed in this guy's work. I didn't know that. Well, so, there you uh, go. All right. Um. So the, yeah. So
1: after being glowingly reviewing those, those movies, um, here comes another fun review from the Wheel of Death. Yeah. It's time for the Netflix Wheel of Death. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! Hooray denied! No, hooray denied! denied. Yeah, yay horror franchise so, no. So,
0: <laughs> so thanks to Steve King of the Science Slasher oh. for so, putting this movie on our wheel of death. This, this makes twice Steve
1: that I've been just ruined by Steve's you. Steve's good. Yeah, <laughs> he's good at that wheel of death, man. Like if like if it was if if it was the wheel of fortune game that we envision in our minds, Steve would would definitely be going to Tahiti. Yeah. Like, he would just be, like, getting all the right letters. Yeah. Uh, But, okay, so so I sat down and fired this thing up. I think he watched it, like, the next day after I watched it. I
0: was watching it as you were watching it, so... Oh, okay, okay. Because you started texting me, and I didn't want to (laughs) ruin... Because like, I wanted to say, like, I wanted to say this conversation get on for the that show. You know Paul. Get on it. I'm on it. And so, like every like five minutes, you would just text me something that was like a non sequitur. That like <laughs> was was your reaction to the movie, and it was funny. Like, but I was like, I better watch this right now so because I don't want you to to ruin all the signposts I'm gonna, of the
1: movie. I'm gonna disclaimer this, and you could hit spoiler alert, but no. Yeah, that's well. That was what I was gonna say. You could, because like I feel like this movie, like you were like, no, don't spoil anything. Was one of the things you told me. I'm like, you can't spoil anything that's well, already rotten.
0: Th- that's fair, but I mean, like for for my viewing since I knew <laughs> that I was going to be watching it, it's like don't give away the the garbage of it because uh, like let me let me roll around on it myself. By the way, Joe admitted to me off the air, and you guys, you uh, here, I'm calling on the listeners of Evasion the Podcast, call Joe out. He watches these movies but not really. I watch them all the way through and but Joe has to have something else going on. I, I don't I give I'm sure. That's fine. This movie was shit and it I was don't hard to watch. I have
1: to. You just choose to. I choose to. I <laughs> dude, I'll watch TV like I'll be sitting there watching like like Flash or something and then I'll just be like, "Um, oh, I'm just going to look on my phone real quick and then I'll, oh, he's fighting Zoom." Okay, looking on my phone. I can't do that. Like, I can't do that. I don't know. I'm scatterbrained with some things like that. Like, dude, I do that with like even when I when I'm not watching movies, I'll put. But anyway. okay, that's that's fair. I, you so, you made it
0: sound like this is what you do for the Wheel of Death, not just in general. No, I do. I told okay. you I do it in general.
1: Okay. Like I do it in general all the time. The only time I don't do it is when I'm at the theater because I'm focused because I'm paying the money and I wanted to see it. <laughs> that's fair. All right. Uh, but like when I'm at home, I can't remember the what was the last yeah on TV. I'm guilty of that when Hulu's running. But anyway. Um, Hellra- Hellraiser Revelations. Revelations, which is the ninth incarnation of Hellraiser, which you told me before we started that Hellraiser actually has not been itself for five movies? Uh, f- yeah, kind
0: of. The fourth movie, which was Bloodlines... Uh, is the one that like I, th- I think it's the fourth one where they combined a space story because you got to have help you got to do eventually in space we Everybody talked about this goes last week space. and then there was like mixing that with like a like a French Renaissance story that was an actual separate movie that they put together so that one was actually intended to be a Hellraiser movie but so and not a good one but it was intended to be like a Hellraiser movie from the get go the rest of these other than Revelations the other like what was it five six seven and eight were all independent horror scripts that um. That the movie company had that was like shit. We're gonna lose the rights to Pinhead and Hellraiser. Let's make these into Hellraiser movies. Yeah. So they were not into, like so then Hell they,
1: yeah yeah they basically took scripts from other horror movies and adapted it to fit Hellraiser's.
0: Which that does happen. Yeah. Like
1: a example would be uh, the
0: second Saw movie actually wasn't originally a Saw movie. It was a different movie called. Uh, it was a different script. I forget what it was called, but it was about the people stuck in a house and they had yeah, to figure out felt, the puzzle. It felt to get out very
1: of it. weird because of the group of people. Yeah. You know, so that one, so.
0: so that one was actually a script. They're like, "Hey, we have this. Let's just bring in the Saw element because we need to get this movie going." Because then, if you know, that movie came out like a year to the day of the first Saw movie, so they just ran with it. Right. You know, so like, yeah. So this isn't unusual to take concepts and say, "You know what? That this was actually going to work out to be a
1: sequel or something." Um, so yeah. let's, So anyway, yeah. so like. And this movie is only an hour and fifteen minutes (laughs) long, so it's not going to be hard to review the whole thing. Really, I can pretty much explain. It was the longest hour and fifteen minutes Um, of my life. So, and 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 like I told I told Paul, I'm like God. I'm like this feels like a group of people got together to write a movie, but not like 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 as a group. It was just like they they took out like a wanted ad. And then like they just kinda worked on it when they wanted to and then they would be like would be like, Bro, I'm done with my twenty minutes, so here Well it's like you wrote twenty pages, but you handed me only the twentieth page and say, yeah. Okay, keep writing from this point. So like from here on, like you can you can come up with whatever you want. Like if Pinhead's gonna have a birthday party, Pinhead has a birthday party. <laughs> like so this movie starts out with these two kids. Oh, he's a quilter. That explains everything. Yeah, going to Tijuana. Yeah, uh, because I—I I mean, was it just so the one kid could go get laid? I don't
0: know. Like it, the like you—it was funny because we we're talking about this before the show, and you're like, you're like the first like twenty minutes of this is like a found footage movie. I was like, no, that was the first four minutes of the movie. <laughs> Cause it's these two kids, and it's just like, bro, we're going to Tijuana, and oh. they said the word Tijuana eight million times in a matter of thirty seconds. Yeah, they said Tijuana, an and awful I was like, lot. oh, okay, this is going to be a shitty found footage movie. Yeah. Which, if I if I stop everything right now and say, I don't think actually having a found footage movie as a Hellraiser movie is not it's not the worst idea as like a concept, because the whole idea of finding the puzzle box or the the lament configuration, you know, you could I could see that working kinda where you have. You know, I'm not saying it's the best idea. I'm not. I'm just not saying. I, I just think that would work better as found footage than like
1: like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie or something. Right.
0: But then, yeah, four minutes in. So
1: four minutes in, and then like they obviously, <laughs> I think before the credits, somehow the the one of them's got the box and he opens it and it's on the found footage and then the like the movie kind of starts. Yeah. So like you gather something happened to them obviously because there's two families in like a like a nice like California home like in the hills like having a, a nice dinner uh that it and 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 I don't even understand like the time frame because it seemed like these two families were like oh I lost my son they were friends and I lost my son you know we're all fr- family friends and we're going to have dinner and try to move on from this and then like and the, but the one mom's freaking out because she has the video camera that somehow was recovered
0: that has all this footage on there that she keeps watching of her one son getting eviscerated by this
1: puzzle box. Right. Or or her, the friend. I don't even know which kid was which, honestly. I, I just couldn't like, keep track. Because, like, like, well, the one friend was obviously was dating the one friend's sister. And then she watched the video because, like, they, they go down there. They go to Tijuana. There's a scene where they're in, in a bar, which is is probably the most comfortable-looking bar in Tijuana. Like, I'm sure Tijuana has great tourism, but, like, if they were trying to make it look like a dive bar in Tijuana, it just looked like a set. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, was, it was like a Senior Frogs. It looked, Yeah, <laughs> it, looked like, it looked like a terrible Senior Frogs. And I'm just like, this place is super clean, but I could tell it's trying to be dirty. So they meet. <laughs> I'd like your one text to me. You're like, oh, that's the clearest looking hobo I've ever seen. Yeah, like great teeth. <laughs> like, like, you know, they probably just like roughed his hair up a little bit. His clothes probably just looked they. They'd they put like in, a little, like, little like gray on his face. Little smudge. Yeah. Um. So they find it. They find a prostitute, and the one guy. They both get super drunk, and then the one guy uh, starts going at it with the prostitute, and he's the other guy's filming it, and then like he passes out, wakes up finds out that the prostitute got killed um classic classic dead hooker story classic tijuana it was probably christmas in tijuana and they were just playing ho 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 oh. so <laughs> ah yeah yeah so it just becomes like
0: this whole like if everyone's like these guys can't make heads or tails of this plot well i i here, it, it gets crazier no, like, i don't want to go the whole thing because it doesn't it doesn't the more we're i think almost, about we're almost done we're though. almost done yeah yeah but like so you have this this found footage storyline of the, what happened to these kids in, in Tijuana, which, by the way, as it's showing them filming, it does break that because then it actually just shows the, the what's going on. Like, it, it goes from found footage to what they're actually doing. Yeah. But somehow this is still a flashback. Like it doesn't like it doesn't make sense. But then then it goes to the, like to, to now where like the mom has seen some of this video, the 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 sister or daughter has seen yeah. some of this video. Well,
1: the sister watched it. She watched the, the 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 hooker sex, and she got really mad or emotional yeah. or whatever. And then and then the kid shows up. Like the one well, kid. she had because
0: the box is in this backpack that had the video camera and the puzzle box is in there. So she opens it, and somehow this kid suddenly shows up, which made me think of it. Made me think of Jumanji where you start the game and all of a sudden the play, the pieces are in place yeah. and it's like, Oh shit, there's Rob Williams here. Now things are about to go crazy. Yeah. You that know? too.
1: Or, or it made me think of like pirates of the Caribbean when the, 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 oh, gold, the, gold, coin. the gold coin, the gold coin hits yeah. the water and then oh, the centibites are here. It's like somebody <laughs> found the box. In-
0: so before we go forward, before they open the box, you hear, you, you see inside hell world or wherever this is, you see inside Detroit or wherever the centibites hang out. I don't yeah. know. Um, and and it's like the worst goth club ever. And you hear the muffled sounds of the conversation around. Are they living inside that goddamn box? Is that is that supposed to be implied? I, I
1: wondered that because like like <laughs> Pinhead Pinhead kept looking around. He's just like damn neighbors. Yeah. Like you hear the muffled noises, it's like, like I gotta be up at at three. Yeah. I can't <laughs> they can't be listening to the carpenters right now. <laughs> Like, That's what it's, I was like, is
0: that what we're supposed to believe? Like, I always believe that the puzzle box was a gateway or like a beacon. Yeah. I didn't not, think they were in, they the in the box. These yeah. aren't the
1: borrowers. So, so yeah. And then like, like I always, I thought it was so weird because like the box came out and then like they, they get the kid and the kids like all like kind of. Like, in shock, and they're like, oh, he's dehydrated. He needs some food. And, and acting just, lessons. Yeah. And and it's yeah. like, there's no time frame of, like, what happened to this kid. He disappeared. It could have been a couple days. It could have been months. But
0: he's gone to Tijuana.
1: He shows back up in California. Sh- no explanation. No explanation. But everybody's just, like, in the middle of this dinner family gathering. So then they go. They're like, let's go get help. The cars are gone. <laughs> Cars, <laughs> all the cars in 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 the driveway in California are gone. Yeah,
0: like the cars are all gone. Like like, like there, the, there needed to be a scene of the Cenobites driving the cars yeah, away. That would have been amazing. Like the one that's just a face, like his bike face, <laughs> He's just like the teeth. He's just like. <laughs> Driving the car away, <laughs> like, and or like uh, the one girl who has like the opening in her throat that has like you just see her like pop the cigarette lighter in the dash yeah. and then light a cigarette off her throat and just drives away. That would be awesome. It's like the ones listening to like Captain to the old, just driving the car away, like <laughs> that would be amazing. Like you find out that they just took the cars, and they went to In and Out Burger and they're coming back. That That's what be, they really want. That would be that would be perfect. Or
1: just Cinnabon for Cinnabites. He does that because he he needs to go to bed. He's yeah. gotta, I got to be up at three. You know what? Just. Just go move their cars. Just go move their cars. We can't get out of the box. You can just go real quick. Yeah. We can go for like five minutes. We could, You can could fit out the wedges five. of the box here. It's fine. So yeah. So then, uh, that you know what I thought was really weird is when, when she's like playing with the box and then she's just like start getting super horny. Well, I just, I think you answered your question there. What?
0: <laughs> Nothing. Never mind. Um yeah, she was, she was um, trying to figure oh, out. Oh, I the, guess this.
1: I. Oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did kind of tee that right up, didn't I? It's kind of PG-13. Yeah, but so- no, like she's got the box there and then like all of a sudden she's like I want to sleep with this guy that my- with uh with this this guy that's just sitting right next to me that's like my 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 it's, dead boyfriend. That the the the, the, the box wants f- to
0: give you this this pleasure unimaginable, and that it wants you to to open the box and and bring forth all this stuff, right? right. And I, I get it. It's fine. It's like you know. I mean,
1: I've 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 played Jenga. I mean, I'm excited for that too. Uh, but Jenga uh, gets me pretty excited. Yeah. But, so then uh, then I'm like, okay, whatever. I get that the box can do that to you too. And then like she goes into her brother's room, and he's feeling okay now. He's talking to her. And then, like, I think the box is still giving him, like, giving everybody horny vibes. So then they start getting really weird with each other, like, like straight incest. And it's like, yeah. Uh, so the box, okay. The box is doing that now. Then the hobo shows back up. Clean hobo. Yeah. Clean hobo shows back up. And for some weird reason, like, the cars are obviously gone, but now a shotgun is out. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how we go from, like, my missing son uh, has come back from Tijuana. And we don't know what's wrong with him. We just assume he's dehydrated, and uh, the and, and and our cars are gone. So we're gonna go get our shotgun out, and we're gonna go walk around the property and look for our cars. So the hobo comes out, and then the hobo's just being like a hobo and not talking. But in Tijuana, he was he was fine. He was like, "Hey, I got this cool box. You guys should check it out and play with it because it's a plot device. And and we need to <laughs> here's get a this, MacGuffin for you. Yeah, we need to get this box open. So the hobo is just standing there, and then um, what is he? Did he? Did they, they don't shoot him, do they? I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I just, like like, like, he, like ends up, he ends up attacking the he one ends guy with the knife the and cutting guy. his face. Yeah, cuts his face off, and then like, well, he cuts his face. It's really funny how he like he does like a trace around his face. Yeah, and then like uh, I think they the one guy shoots him, and then they bring the other guy in the house. And when mm-hmm. he comes in the house, it's like his face looks like it just went through like a meat grinder. Yeah, and I'm like. That he wasn't doing that kind of work on that guy's no. face. I'm like, like somebody. That's the part where they were writing and they were just stopping. They're like, traced outline around Kevin's face, <laughs> and and then like the and next day, like, no, 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 no. We
0: gotta get the one yeah. girl. She needs to. She needs to be super horny. Again. It's like that's a good idea. That's a good idea. write that Write that
1: But then no. they get him in the house and the other person starts writing and be like, oh man, his face is almost falling off and there's all these cuts and he doesn't have a nose anymore. And I'm like. I'm like, did did they were they just like, hey, look, prosthetic like makeup guy, just go to town. So they get him in the house, and then I'm I'm pretty sure he dies, right? I don't remember. He died like right there. I I watched this
0: movie three days ago. I do not
1: remember. Oh, oh, so yeah. So then, so then Jesse Eisenberg, um, we call this. this, So the the main the the main kid kid kid. that's returned looks like looks like a ginger version of Jesse Eisenberg,
0: and he has worse line delivery than Jesse Eisenberg. So like it's it like I don't know like basically. So the revelations of this is supposed to be the dark secrets he finds out because related to the puzzle box, and also the dark secrets amongst the family. I'm guessing,
1: right? Is the whole yeah? Like, which I don't understand the dark secret thing because that just came out of nowhere right here at the end. Like no. they do a little flashback, you find out that his um his the the, the bro friend that bro friend like sleeping with hookers hookers and killing them that got taken to the box. He was like all about it, and he was kind of like the the skin the meat puppet guy who's like. He was like Jesse Eisenberg. Go kill all these hookers for me, and then I'll get their skin.
0: Yeah, because in the first Hellraiser, um, the, the 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 girl her um her stepmother um found out that like if she could bring back her lover, which was like her like father, her, her uncle, uh, by bringing people up and, and killing them in this room, and the blood yeah. would go into the boards, and he would slowly reconstitute. And then there was a point where he was all the way back, but he didn't have skin. Yeah. So there was that whole conceit of like I can break through. Uh, from this other dimension and become like material again, if I have enough blood, if I have enough sacrifice. So the movie kind of skipped through that real quick in this new one, and so his friends. Is, it's like it's like it's like Spring Break in Tijuana. Like there's like we're gonna violate hookers over and we're gonna kill them and give them your blood and then also maybe eventually skin. Like it was yeah. really really rough. I mean, how that I went through it. Not rough as in hard to watch. I was rough as in didn't make sense. Yeah,
1: and I was rooting the whole time for these people to get like like it literally put the Cenobites in a good light i was like i hate these kids i'm like i'm so glad that fish hooks are getting thrown into them right now the Cenobites again like we'll talk about the the pinhead stand in for
0: a second uh, later but um they're they they are evil in the sense that all they do is consume and destroy but they don't actively seek it out they only come when called so like they're they're not your typical monsters where they're not like this creeping they're just like you guys open this what do you want to do now like you know here's the bargain like there's so they're very like i never understood that about the whole thing because it was
1: just kind of like oh what's this it's about oh
0: well i mean like that's like you've you've opened a world like the door to their world and they're like we can provide you all these things but it requires sacrifice
1: and payment yeah but most people i don't know anybody in like (laughs) Well no that that's not true cuz in the first Hellraiser she wanted her husband back, or her her uncle back but like but like after that it just turned into like I accidentally pressed a button on this box and now fish hooks it wasn't well, like
0: okay, it the whole thing is that the the guy in the first movie he ended up in the box but he somehow ended up like in like in hell or something and he found a loophole out mm. and he was trying to cuz he eventually ends up taking the skin of the girl's father like his brother because he's like if I take this guy's identity in full then and the whole thing is like he didn't want that box opened again like he wanted to get away from them like he was breaking free and then basically when she opened it she was kind of an innocent bystander and the Cenobites came and brought him back or they so it's like they like he was trying to get away and
1: i feel like a lot of people they use that a lot for this i I didn't watch the rest of the way i've watched the first three no yeah the only one that was really trying to get away well i guess it ties into because like the bro dude he obviously bargained with them. Yeah. Because he was kind of an idiot, and he's just like, I want ultimate pleasure, and you got to have ultimate pain. Then he got away.
0: And he's like, spring and break. Yeah. yeah. So he
1: came back, and he was going to try to, like, bargain ship one of the family members. So he... Yeah.
0: He was trying he, to place hold her, but, like, oh, she opened the box. She needs to go. Yeah. So, yeah. He, so,
1: so he took Jesse Eisenberg's skin eventually and became Jesse Eisenberg. They found a Facebook. And then, yeah, he came, he came back, and then he shoots uh, the guy from Eureka. <laughs> That's who that was. No, that wasn't him. But oh, okay. he looks Shit. just like him. <laughs> just, I had to look it up. I was like, "Is that the guy?" I'm like, "Oh man, I feel bad he was in this movie." And then I'm like, "Oh good, it wasn't him." Or well, or, there's one person that you're gonna feel bad
0: for that was that was in the movie, but not. Who? But there, Fred Tatasciore. Who's that? He's a v- very famous voice actor. He does like the voice of the Hulk in the cartoons and all this other stuff. Look up. He's like like Frank Welker level. Oh, uh, okay. Like, he, he but he was the voice of Pinhead in the movie. So that dude, so That's not even chubby cheek pinhead went Chubby oh, Cheek pinhead. Anyway, um, so the Jesse but,
1: Eisenberg is really bro dude, and then he shoots bro, or he he shoots Jesse Eisenberg's dad, and they're all like, "Oh no, Jesse Eisenberg's dad is dying," and he's it just takes like, forever to die too. Yeah, he's like, "I'm bro dude," and they're <laughs> like, "What?" And then he makes uh uh the blonde girl open up the box, and then the cenobites come, yeah, and everybody has some. And they're like, oh, these are really good Cenobites. <laughs> yeah, I love them I love the, the frosting. Fro- on I love them. frosting on them. <laughs> and uh, the the pinheads like talking to him, and then like they they rip this one lady's throat open for no reason because she talks. Yeah, and and everybody else is kind of talking. I didn't understand yeah, I didn't that understand part either. Yeah. I was like, do we just need a gratuitous violence scene? Yeah, I just.
0: Um, but yeah, so like the the pinhead stand-in was not Doug Bradley, and I like that. Like they actually brought in a professional voice actor to do the voice mm-hmm. but then if you look on Netflix when they have the listing of the cast Fred Tassicor's, uh name is listed one of the first names I'm just like I looked at him like this guy's in it so I thought he was one of the family members and I had to look it up mm. but it's like they'd be like getting like Ben Burt to be in a movie or Frank Welker as himself
1: you know, like i mean maybe it like, was just like a like an easy check he did it in a sound booth never saw the script i don't well i mean it's a paycheck right yeah but it's like this pinhead looked like just something about his eyes and his cheeks it was just like
0: he's just like he's just a little cutie derpy i pinhead. felt like he
1: kept like like trying not to make a duck face <laughs> he had this face where he kept turning his 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 head yeah and like he had like these little pouty lips and i'm just like like Doug Bradley stares into your soul, and you're just like, this guy's just like, I'm like, I can't take you seriously. Yeah. Like, you're, like, I don't know how they, how the casting went on that, but it was just terrible. Like, like, Doug Bradley, just as Pinhead, is so iconic because, you know, his face, it looks like, like, he looks like somebody that you, that you, you think he's always pissed off at you. Yeah. Like, but you also don't know what he's thinking. That right. And like, that's the thing. Know. And this guy, you could kind of tell what he was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, ah he looks kind of mad you shot jesse eisenberg which the dad shot jesse eisenberg and then pinhead's like you know what we kind of just wanted that dude but now you killed him so now we gotta take somebody else you idiot
0: yeah and that was the only thing that actually felt interesting where it's like because the guy was like no one gets to kill you but me because it's like if you screw over my whole family i'm taking you out which it's like that's actually not a bad that's not a bad move where it's like, screw you, you've ruined everything. I'm shooting you. So these these uh you know, these screwed up like metal guys can't get you, you know? But then I thought it was interesting where it's like, you we would have been done here. But nope, now we gotta take a payment. It's like that was actually the one
1: moment yeah. it was actually kind of That was like, the only moment you're right. That was yeah. the one moment story. Although I probably would have been like, Oh, it looks like you're about to have fun, I'm not gonna shoot you. Yeah. I'm like, Yeah, which
0: would have been also this like, yeah. I see how this is going to go later. Later, bro. Later, Enjoy bro. Enjoy Tijuana. Yeah. Um. But I just like the, I like the whole idea that one centipedes drive cars without no one knowing. Yeah.
1: That they live inside a tiny box. Mm-hmm. Like um. You learned a lot of things in Revelations.
0: <laughs> there were a lot of revelations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then um, like the one thing, the Revelations thing too. Like you said, with the dark secrets. Like out of nowhere. That's why I asked you at the beginning. I'm like, was there any mention of like adultery, at any I other didn't time? Notice because like like Jesse Eisen or Bro do Jesse Eisenberg shoots. The dad, and he starts monologuing this crazy stuff, and everybody's crying. It, and it, he's it, like,
0: "It took like a weird home invasion turn at the end." And it, it did, wasn't, and it was not. It did. Yeah,
1: it was because he totally hijacked the whole house. Yeah, and everybody didn't know what he's going on with his shotgun. And then the one mom, who just lost her husband to the the hobo cut up, he's like, "He's like, you banged my dad and ruined our family. That's why I went to Tijuana." And I'm like, "Where did this come from?" Yeah, like. It was just like kinda out there like like okay, so we just had an adulterous reveal and then like we're gonna summon the the Cenobites and
0: The idea that you have two families broken up because they've lost somebody and then one of the one of the kids come back and things aren't what they seem isn't a bad idea. It isn't but And 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 somehow tying in the puzzle box and everything else still isn't that bad of an idea. It's just that you're right. It felt like they were like, we got to have everybody in here have a dinner scene, so what are we going to have them talk about? And it just felt like it's just like when you have pages of dialogue that really don't mean anything, and whenever you have characters telling you exactly how
1: they feel, that's just, I'm out. Like, you know, it's like you, you. Yeah, I just feel like it was a bunch of people who either didn't communicate or they were communicating, and they were like, stoned or drunk and eating pizza and just yelling, like, who who put adultery in here? we like, oh, Cody did. Okay, okay, we'll work it in. Don't worry, bro. Yeah. And then, like, you know, oh, incest too? We want incest? All right, we'll figure out how to work incest
0: in there. Like, This feels I, like a script that we have found on simplyscripts.com that someone's like, shit, let's just make that into a movie. Um, I mean... But I'll say this too, and there, here's the damning statement. Um, Christian Mingle was a better like just produced movie from beginning to end that actually had a beginning, middle, and end. That as much as it was horseshit about what was going on, it made sense in its own movie, you know. And it actually flowed from beginning to end. not flowed, maybe not like the best, like because the pacing was weird that too. But it was a, it was a complete film. This this, this thing by was far just yeah
1: the worst. I enjoyed Forty Days and Forty Nights more than this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you hated that too. I right? hated that movie. It was a terrible movie, but it flowed. <laughs> it flowed better. I don't know how. I, like I besides, don't I don't. I have more belief that bees are in a cave than the Cenobites are in the I box. Could, I
0: could probably watch Jack and Jill again before watching this. Oh,
1: I couldn't watch this again.
0: No. So anyway, thanks, Steve.
1: Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they killed be. It's the wheel of death. There will be more. This is probably the most intense wheel of death like yeah. I, I i don't know maybe maybe we'll get lucky someday and we'll get uh we'll land on the um well the hush, trip to hawaii uh,
0: yeah i was gonna say well, hush when steve recommended hush, hush. was good but hush I, was okay yeah
1: but i feel that that wasn't more of a death thing it was more of a i don't know what else well no you know what i think hush was one of the uh but like well, the, okay the saving graces yeah. yeah i think we we skipped out i can't remember what some of the other ones were but yeah so um uh, we have some other stuff coming down the pipe uh, for
0: for next week. Um, still undecided. We we know what we're going to do the rest of the month. We just don't know what order we're going to do it in. So just <laughs> be aware. Um, so we're going to definitely cover the Critter
1: series one through four. Yep. If you um, like little balls of fur that bite your ankles.
0: Yeah, and then we're also going to cover because uh, we were trying to do stuff that wasn't exactly like super mainstream. And I think I think this last one kind of straddles the line, which is the first um, of the the dead like Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead sorry night living dead dawn of the dead and day of the dead i think we're gonna cover those because i don't think i don't really remember much about the second two movies so i want to watch those again kind of fresh um i feel like it's like now that we've been so overloaded with zombies let's just go back to like the master and Mm -hmm. see how that all
1: that goes Um, i love that trilogy it's probably um before zombies were cool not to sound like a hipster uh (laughs) like i really
0: warm bodies
1: yeah yeah, uh (laughs) I, but like this is, I think this was like pre uh, Max Brooks World War Z because I remember I was really into um, Romero's stuff at the time, and I remember somebody suggesting like, oh, if you love those movies, you got to read World War Z when it came out. Okay, yeah. Uh,
0: So we're going to cover those. So, uh, yeah, please hit us up on our our, our social media. Uh, We're Invasion the Podcast on Facebook. Uh, Joe's going to have a picture of himself as uh, Dr. Herbert West. I'm going to try. Yeah, I'm going to try. We have our cool 80s logo up right now. I just just found the way to do that. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was appropriate for Reanimator. And uh, we also have our Twitter account that's Invading Podcast. Uh, Our Gmail is Invading Podcast at Gmail. Drop us a line. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Um, Yeah, like just uh, so... Reanimator, pretty good series. First two movies good. Third one, eh. I'd still watch the third one probably a million times in a row versus Hellraiser Revelations. I'm actually kind of glad I watched that movie first before watching the Reanimator trilogy because it's like, that's like you got to get your vegetables out of the way, your really shitty, poorly acted, written vegetables out of the way, <laughs> before you get into like so. Because I, I watched Reanimator right after Revelations. I didn't.
1: I didn't get a chaser. I just kind of was like, I'm. I gotta go to bed. And... and
0: that may have inadvertently raised the bar. Like for me, I'm like, this is actually really good. Why, Paul? Because it's a competent movie. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> thank yeah. you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um they'll they'll do it for us this week uh you know have a safe week um don't watch revelations but watch reanimator that's all i can say about that Mm -hmm. and if someone offers you a bunch of like brightly glowing green green goo probably say no to that yeah don't don't don't
1: do that